染めてください君に贈る愛の歌が届くように瞳凝らしてください長い髪をたなびかせて降りてゆきます And welcome to the Red Leaf Retrocast. It's the anime edition. It's episode 96. Whoa. Good God. I'm your host, JD. We've done 96 of these. Tori Hickey, how you doing? I'm doing. You're、We've、doing? We've done 96 of these, and、uh, we're still just as bad as we always were. Wow,、oh, what are you talking? Just as bad. Listen to this guy. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I have no commentaries on that. <laughs> Look,、uh, if, the, if, the, if the downloads are any circumstance to it,、uh, we haven't changed. You're right. Me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, we are doing Queen Millennia today. We are going back to the Legiverse, Legi Matsumoto, and his horrifying character designs. But、Woo. sci fi as fuck stories. We're、Side、back. Sci fi blonde woman. Yes, attractive And, blonde you, you women know, that all look one, the same. One or two, one or two bishonen guys running around. <laughs> yeah, bishonen and bishonen, but yeah, sure. Yes, yes. And if you you feel like you've heard us, it, well, I mean, if you're a long term listener, you feel like you've heard a Queen Millennia review. Well, Tori, I believe you spoke about it on your kind of uh, uh, what what was it? Um, plan to watch bucket list、yeah. journey that、uh, you went on. I think you mentioned it. I did mention it. I don't think I talked about it that much because if I'm not mistaken, I think when I was talking about it, they hadn't finished subbing it yet.、Uh, I might have mentioned it again after when it was finished, but I, I don't remember. Maybe I skipped it and waited to the end. I don't remember. Either way, I have talked about it a little bit. Yeah. And、uh, it's, a, it's a show that I enjoy. That's yeah. For damn sure. Yeah.、Uh, I just finished it. Like 90 minutes before the podcast here, and I went through the whole credits, and immediately they say started in 2005. And I, what'd they finish in 2019? Yeah, something like that. 2018. Took a long time for them to. That is the fan subversion, by the way.、Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, it's.、Uh, it, was a, it was a long term project. Well, it wasn't supposed to be, but uh, uh, I, went to,、uh, I went to the site of the group that's.、Uh, Published it and looked at it. And yeah, they talked about that 13 years. A lot of shit has had happened in,、uh, in the while、uh, when that was being made. So there was a lot of, a lot of mixed emotions、uh, when, that, when that came to an end about the whole process of getting that thing subbed and whatnot and the things that went down. But、uh, yeah, it, they, they did it anyways. And、uh, I'm glad they did because this is, this is one of those series that you just don't really get a hold of, at least not an English version of anymore. You can get the movie, I know. But,、uh, and I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, somebody told me about the Harmony Gold version, which has been reappearing on the internet. It was lost media, but people are starting to find more and more episodes of it. And、uh, if you're ever thinking about watching those, don't, because that is Captain Harlock and Queen Millennia mashed together into fucking 
awful piece of shit. Tori, are you insinuating that Harmony Gold messes with uh, some anime that they get a hold of? Absolutely, absolutely not. Listen, man, I've talked about a few a few shows now on my YouTube channel, uh, Anime Top Scholar, for those that are interested. Uh, I have talked uh, talked about a few uh, Harmony Gold uh, shows, and uh, I swear to God, every time I do, I just get a comment section filled with, dude, I love the Harmony Gold version. And I'm like, where do these people come from? <laughs> You'd be surprised where these where these people exist in all fans I, I, I in get all it, forms I get of the media. It. You yeah. grew up with them. It's nostalgia. I understand, <laughs> but it's like okay. <laughs> all right, I I see. I see how it is. I mean, it still has its own value, I guess. Yeah, we we'll keep pretending that's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, just like vintage uh, falsifications of stuff. Nowadays, uh, have it, its oh, own yeah. value. I uh, yeah. the fucking like the bad the bad bootlegs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the bad bootlegs across fourteen disc sets. <laughs> <laughs> A thousand VHS tapes. <laughs> Crazy. Ah, so yes, Leji Matsumoto, we've done Captain Harlock in the past, we've done Galaxy Express 3-9, we've done Yamato, uh, we, we, we might have a Leji Matsumoto uh, boner for this, uh, for this guy's uh, series. <laughs> nah, definitely not. Definitely not, no. Getting ever so close to number 100, very exciting. We got, uh, got some good, good little anime, good little nostalgia shows heading up to it. Uh, one show in particular I'm really looking forward to. Uh, shall we announce kind of what shows we're going to review going up to 100 here? Sure. If so, you want to. Yeah, I, I think it'd be fine. Might as well the... let the listeners also know, know a little bit about what we're doing. Yeah, so <laughs> our next one is Inuyasha. We're doing kind of the first season there, episodes 1 through 27, that whole kind of big first arc. Um, that might be our next big long show. Maybe not. We, you know, we do have an opening <laughs> now that this 42 episode series is is over with that's how long queen millennia is after that's mm. blue gender a show that's been on my kind of plan to watch list for uh, for a long time dragon's heaven is after that that's uh that's our little <laughs> <laughs> special show uh, thanks to hickey <laughs> god damn. oh yeah it's the okay i see <laughs> set in brazil we have to cover that one, and then episode one hundred, Otaku no video. I think I I don't remember when we planned that. All I know is we planned that a long time ago. Uh we we've had it, Otaku I've no. Been, I've been waiting for that for so long. Most likely November of last year. Some. Uh, I think back when we finally got to episode fifty, we we decided yeah. immediately that number one hundred just had to be Otaku no video. Yeah, no, we, yeah, we put that on quite early. That was yeah. <laughs> that was decided very early on. That was that was the big uh, I knew celebration. We had to talk about it at some point, but I was just like, why not episode one hundred? <laughs> and is there anything special that made it need to be episode one hundred? Nope. But why not? <laughs> I mean, it's an artsy fartsy anime that has some yeah, technically ish anime since it's technically uh, a live action, no. There's live Partly. action parts of the Takuno video. It's 50 50. It's both. It's going to yeah. be an interesting one, that's for sure. Yeah, well. Maybe we'll have some anime seasonal reviews. Who knows? But uh, I'm fully caught up on My Hero Academia and Dr. Stone. I, I finished Stone World. Um, 
fully caught up on those two shonen ones. I got I thought I, the plan was to watch Food Wars first, but I I'm like a full two seasons behind, so that's Oh, one cares about Food Wars anymore. I care about Food Wars still. Clearly don't you don't. Well, I mean <laughs> when you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I care, says the guy who haven't watched the last two seasons. <laughs> Look, bro. <laughs> Look, dude. <laughs> it takes a while to catch up with these shonen shows, but uh, yeah, My Hero Academia. What a what a trash way to finish season four. Yeah. Or just atrocious. I absolutely yeah. just hated it. Just worthless school festival filler, but it's kind of canon just enough where you're like, God damn it, I gotta watch this shit. And then the last like episode and a half is this crazy fight with Endeavor, and he's. He's becoming the number two. His life's on the line. It's this epic little fight thing. Nah, let's just do it. Let's just take care of this shit in like 15 minutes. And mm. people are like, yeah, that's that's a really cool section of the manga. It's like three volumes or whatever, how long it is. And I was like, Phew. and they do that in an episode and a half. I was really just kind of furious after that because it was so epic, but it just can't kind of comes out of nowhere. <laughs> nah, I, gentle criminal is the worst fucking, at least so far. I Oh, he's terrible. Yeah. I, like, I have no I, idea I what the it. point of all that was, but other than to, me just neither. to fill it's, time. I mean, it's literally just a case of like, hey, so anyways, I wanted to be a hero, but I couldn't. Cool. So <laughs> I'm going to be kind of passive aggressive about it and kind of commit crimes, but not really. It's just kind of like minor stuff. And then the big bad thing is I'm trying to break into a school festival. His yeah, crimes were thing... trespassing and lo loitering. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what's what's the big deal? Why, why the fight? Well, because he tried to keep uh, Deku from getting back in time. What did he do? <laughs> basically, that's his, big, that's his fucking biggest crime, I guess. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. Actually, I guess, uh, I guess his biggest crime is... Uh, uh, Grooming a minor, but either way. Well, <laughs> no, nah. wasn't she, wasn't she a Hikikimori and she was of remember. age? I I think I she don't was. Remember? I don't know. I don't care. Because she was living alone. That doesn't really mean anything in Japan. Well, come yeah. on. I'm just trying to have use you, my big brain never, here. Have you never watched an anime before? Where like, the kid is like 10 years old and the father and mother's like, yeah, we're going to just go in on a vacation to, you know. Oh, come on, Hickey. That and... never happens. What are you talking about? Listen, you're <laughs> mature luck. for your age. You can live. Yeah, you can, you can, at can, least live. can you at least give me some money before you leave? Nah. Nah, nah. get a job. <laughs> me, and, me and your mother, we need the money for our Hawaii vacations. <laughs> that lasts when six are you months coming on home? <laughs> When are you coming home again? Home? This is <laughs> well, if I if I don't die for plot reasons, never. <laughs> so it doesn't oh make sense. It doesn't make any difference in the end. <laughs> My mom and dad was My hero could is bad, by the way. Uh, Three years yeah. later. <laughs> boy, oh boy. So, besides, I really liked Stone Wars. Uh, that was a great way for Dr. Stone to kind of... I, I didn't... I was kind of... I was really disappointed in that shorter format of the season, but, you know, coronavirus, I'm sure, had a lot to do with it <laughs> in its production. Sure. Did yeah. Do the, did they do the cryogenic chamber thing? 
Excuse me. No, no. probably not. <laughs> yeah. I know that's. Uh, I know that in Stone Wars, like technology just starts advancing really rapidly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're. They're. Yeah. They've. Every every <laughs> step of the way point. is just this huge uh, advancement in technology mm-hmm. and mining raw materials, and it's it's really it's funny to me. Yeah, but it's a little bit disappointing because one of the things I liked about season one was kind of the slow, methodic way of like going about it, and then suddenly it's just like cell phone. <laughs> well, they call it a cell phone. It's really, it's really not. It's like a short radio wave walkie-talkie in reality to it all. But anyways, <laughs> even still, uh, yeah, even even still, they're they're I get they are it. making they when are you... making a point to just this. I... Every st- like this is how fast technology develops once you have access and and the knowledge is spreading and people start to understand it. So uh, there is there is a they, method to the madness. There is. They've talked about that in season one. It's essentially humanity's uh, evolution kind of exploded or technological evolution exploded once we gained access to electricity. That mm-hmm. was like one of the big first steps. So it's like I I understand the point, but at the same time, I mean, let's be real here. You're literally living in the stone world. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like the faction warfare they got going on, technology versus brute force kind of deal. But if you don't have access to certain certain things, your your lifelines are entirely cut off. I really like the I I like the characters that keep getting introduced and new while not taking it, the new characters are a little arc in them in themselves with an episode or two, and then they kind of play in the background. And yeah, Doctor Stone is awesome. I I mean, as a as a geologist myself, <laughs> of course, I just mark out to every oh pure gemstones. Mm, they found oh they found the one that reacts to ultraviolet light. Oh, I love it. Oh, tungsten, yes, more. <laughs> no, just me. Yeah, just you. Just yeah, me. Just okay. you. But I guess it's because you're Gerald. Just even though, like, I don't see people committing crimes in, in anime going, oh, oh, a third degree murder. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, well, like, okay. you, I'm really, sure that yeah. happens. We just don't hear yeah, about it. Yeah. <laughs> JD, JD really, really gets going with rocks and shit. It's very weird. What do you mean weird? It's it my gets, fucking job. <laughs> it gets his rocks off. <laughs> Hate you. <laughs> oh my god. Fucking pop on that one. <laughs> you're so lucky, I never of God damn it. Oh man, I wanna just fucking shoot you. Okay. He, he wants uh, he, 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 he wants to uh Macross slap you now, Hickey. Macross <laughs> slap. Okay. Uh, anyway. I watched SS SS Dinosaur. Yes, they Oh, do tell. It was very fun. It was very fun, extremely fun, but I like Tokusatsu stuff. Mm-hmm. So it just went from 0 to 100 real quickly. Also, I don't know why, but the the voice acting was extremely awkward. But I think that was the point. Probably. Since like they are teenagers and stuff. But it was so weird, I was like, oh, maybe they, they put, you know, new voice actors. Usually that's why everything is so awkward, but no, they're experienced, <laughs> which was a little bit off, but it was very fun, very well animated, it's Trigger, yeah, and I cannot wait for the second episode, because there's a lot of questions right now to be answered. Uh, yeah, it's one episode. 
Hey, and Tokusatsu off. stuff. Tokusatsu oh, stuff Tokusatsu stuff! Also doesn't, also doesn't, doesn't, doesn't make me pop off. <laughs> Good. I still need to find my rocks. <laughs> <laughs> you need to find your rock equivalent anime. Uh, well, speaking of other anime, more in the gaming verse, as I play the drop of choice. You guys ready for this? Here we go. I got, I got something to update us on. Ah, well, Tori Hickey, you guys heard that drop, uh, at least before the podcast started. You guys like that sucker? I love the Persona 3 songs. Yeah, they're pretty good. Persona has some Damn good music it. in general. Da, 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 da. Oh, but I'm yeah. calling it Persona music because then everybody gets mad. <laughs> Why would everybody get mad? Because it's jazz. It's not oh. Persona music. Oh, whatever. <laughs> of all the things to get mad yeah, about. I mean, it's still Persona music. I know, I know. But it's just, it's just weird. Everybody gets mad over something. It's okay. So my, I guess, weekly update, if you keep following along with the Retro Gaming Podcast and this one, uh, I have reached the point where I finally have to start grinding. It has happened. I made it past uh, the second boss. Uh, it was quite difficult, but I did do it. And now I'm on, oh, what was it? Uh, I keep going back and forth in floors now, just grinding, but it's like level four, uh, level forty seven ish. Uh, I keep now I keep acro coming across enemies that basically one shot me. If I if I don't uh, knock them down on the first roll through, then I'm dead because uh, I'm only at like level sixteen overall. Uh, Yukari is at level thirteen. That's way too low. So <laughs> yeah, I, I've been informed that it's probably ideal to level up. Uh, in 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 stages of ten per boss, so yeah. second boss you want to be at like level twenty, third boss level thirty, etc. Yeah, I'm not even close to that. So I have a lot of grinding to do in the meantime uh, as I trek on my way to the third boss. So who knows? Maybe a week from now I will still be grinding away. So that's my Persona Three update. It's uh, a difficult time <laughs> in the life of JD and in the Persona verse. But I'm I'm gonna trek away, Tori, just for you and my sanity. Just just, just remember to save and be. Oh, careful. I am compulsively saving. Be be very careful when you grind, uh, especially on the higher floors. I don't know how much you know about Persona, but there is a surprise for a lot of people that aren't familiar with the games that happens in Persona Three. <laughs> I've been informed that there's like certain areas or certain events that are kind of point of no return situations and it branches the story off in one or two directions. Is that what you're referring to? No, that is not what I'm referring to, but I am referring to something that can give you a very quick game over if you encounter it. Uh, you, you'll know about it, basically. Basically, if you ever start hearing the sound of a chain, get off that floor. Get off that floor right away. Oh. Does that just... Does that corrupt the save file and break the fourth wall or something? No, no, no. Do you want to know what happens? Yeah, now I'm curious. Okay. Uh, in Persona, you have the uh, the Reaper. Okay. The Reaper is the most powerful enemy in, in the game. 
Okay. He can appear in Persona 3, he can appear at any time. He usually appears when you spend a lot of uh, a lot of time on the floors. So uh, if you kind of just hang out, he will eventually show up. Oh, you will hear cool. him because he start a, a chain starts appearing, and uh, or start as the sound of the chain starts, and then you'll see uh, he kind of enters the enters the field, and he will just kind of rush towards you. He's really hard to get away from because he's kind of fast, but uh, it is possible. You can also kind of trap him. His AI isn't that good, but basically, in in your state, and probably for quite a while, you will not be able to defeat that guy. <laughs> He is very strong. He is strong for a long time. He is kind of the ultimate, almost the ultimate boss in the game because he, in Persona 3, he drops a, if when he is defeated, he drops a weapon. He drops the strongest weapon in the game for your character. But it's going to take you a really while nice. to, uh, it's going to take you a while until you get, is it, get there. Is it like one of, one of those kinds that, He's so strong, but he drops a strong weapon. But once you get strong enough to defeat him, the weapon is kind of useless. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Okay, that's okay, really good. Uh, that's uh, good. Yeah, no, it's a really strong one. Like the thing is just right because while a lot of enemies scale in this game, depend uh, how uh, depending on how high you go, he does not. He stays the same. I'm pretty sure he's the same. But on the first. I don't remember how long. It's, I don't think he can. He. I don't think he can appear on the lowest floors. I think there's a certain point in time until he can start appearing, um, and then the higher up you go into that tower, the higher the chance it is for him to appear. Okay. So uh, yeah, but it's like it, it is generally just a um, <laughs> just a thing that's like it's a time thing. He can appear on almost any floor, but just the lower down, the less likely it is to happen. But it can still happen, and the higher up the more likely this to happen. And if you spend a significant amount of time on a floor without making any progress, he will show up. And uh, if he catches you, that's basically a, that's basically a restart until where you la last saved, until you are strong enough to actually deal with him. And you need uh, not just high levels, you need a strong team as well. He is, uh, he is capable of doing a lot of stuff to absolutely just mess you up and end your, <laughs> end your little <laughs> reset your little grinding session. Oh. Well then. So yeah. <laughs> so it's uh I was talking to uh Sammy, uh, a guy that I talked to in uh voice chat as well when he was playing. Uh I I gave him the same warning and he was like, Yeah, sure. I'll remember. Yeah, sure, and whatever, then, bro. Then the, the guy the guy <laughs> literally just puts on like the uh the thing where you know you send your uh everybody around to just grind and he just leaves it and then he comes back and he's dead and I'm like, You you got caught by the by the Reaper, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, he had literally left it there for hours. So he had lost hours of grind. <laughs> so yeah, just just be wary about stuff like that. He can, <laughs> he can't quite quickly show up and end your game. That's that's great. Uh, it is. It's a it's a nice little thing. It's a it's a nice thing because it becomes a, it becomes a challenge in and of itself. <laughs> Find the reaper and kill him. Well, cool. I'm. Yeah, I'm definitely way into it. I'm I'm trying. To, so besides Persona Three and some podcast games, we finally have, we finally gotten away from some other like RPGs or longer games. It's my theme pick, so we're doing just plug in the retro game cast. For, uh, I just picked a simple theme of Neo Geo games. So just mm -hmm. games that came out on the Neo Geo MVS, uh, not the arcade. And so I'm playing Sengoku Two. I I just love the. I, I it's a it's this wacky sci-fi samurai uh, type beat-em-up 
that's really tough. I bought all I bought the whole trilogy on on the Switch because uh, I love it so much, and you can beat like all three games eat in forty minutes a piece. <laughs> so I think I'm just gonna kind of beat all three of them. Uh, so besides besides that. Uh, I, I, I will definitely have more time dedicated to Persona 3, watching a couple more anime. I kind of really want to watch more um, Promise Neverland, since that whole season is done, and a couple other ones. Yeah. So that's that's my little, that's my hopeful plan. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see how it diverts, but definitely more Persona 3 grinding. We'll see where I am kind of a week from now when I give another update on the Retro Gaming Podcast. So this is definitely, this is definitely kind of the, the gimmick going forward. <laughs> <laughs> So we, yeah. So there's uh, there's a lot of sports going on. Baseball's back in season. I spent the last couple of days watching a bunch of baseball. I saw, I read this massive article on the Bundesliga in, in theory theorizing kind of too much complacency in the league, and uh, yeah, Kristen Pulisic pulled an ankle, pulled an ankle injury, tripping in the tunnel. <laughs> that was funny. Anything else oh. going on? Nah, not nah. really. Yeah. Not really. There's like that thing called the virus outside still. It's for no, like never heard of it. Never yeah. heard of it. No. I cannot do much. Uh, I bought a drunk a lot of beer. That's it. Like craft beer IPAs. What are we talking about, Hickey? I I drank a bock and a lager, but it's just cheap beer because I was like you know what I might not be able to go to a supermarket so I just bought like 24 cans and stuff and they're just in my my fridge that's about it well okay then I I'm guess going we... to buy some sake but we don't produce sake so every single sake bottle is important uh, important and they're very expensive <laughs> so I was like yeah maybe next time when I have something Something to celebrate. God, that's what I miss about living in Toronto. There was a uh, a place that produced its own sake, and they'd sell it at a couple of the um, couple of the liquor stores uh, in the Toronto area. Oh, I loved the different sake they would they would produce there. It was, it was so good. That's what I that's one of the things I miss about living in Toronto is that particular place in general, and of course poutine. Love the poutine. Anyways. I guess without further ado, let's review some fucking Leji Matsumoto, eh? Hey. All right. Hey. Are you here because you're following the will of others, or are you here on your own will? Only 26 minutes it took us to get to the review this time. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Yeah. So Queen Millennia. Shall I read this giant synopsis from my anime list? Sure. All right. They don't have one on uh, on Anime Planet, so we're stuck with this one. Right. So Queen Millennia, also known as the Queen of a Thousand Years, Thousand Year Queen, Shin Takatori, Monogarte, uh, Senenjo, you know, whatever. Anyways, uh, premiered spring 1981. It is from Toei Animation. And here is what it's about. The year is 1999. Amamori Hajime is just a normal, everyday elementary school student 
trying to study and hang out with his crazy pals. Um, all right, let's let's stop right there. He doesn't have any friends. <laughs> let's just make that clear. He, yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't he hang out bullies. with anybody. <laughs> he has bullies that from time to time he also punches and bullies them. <laughs> like, I don't think like they qualify as friends. No, not at all. What do you mean? Sometimes they go up to him and ask if uh, fucking Yayoi is there. You know, the one that everybody loves. Right. <laughs> but then one day, as his father is testing a piece of equipment. He is working on something causes it to blow up, taking the house with it. Now orphaned, because of course this is anime. <laughs> Hajime is taken in by his uncle, who is an astronomer. There at his uncle's observatory, he meets a girl he's seen before and develops somewhat of a crush on. He finds out that her name is Yukino Yaoi, and her parents run a ramen shop in town. But even better than that, she's his uncle's assistant. What luck! But Yaoi isn't exactly what she seems. There is a reason she helps out Amamori at the observatory. She is the Millennial Queen, especially uh, chosen by her home planet, La Metal, to go to Earth and help prepare for the possible annihilation of the planet. What will cause this disaster? La Metal has an extremely elliptical orbit, which sends it very, very close to Earth every 1,000 years. When it gets close enough, the Earth reacts, causing all sorts of natural disasters. Although she was chosen with the idea of protecting Lamatel in mind, her personal plan is to evacuate as many humans as she can. Uh, so if her planet, if their planet is destroyed, they will survive. However, there's one person who strives to stop her plan, the head of the Millennial Thieves. Why does he want to stop Yaoi? And how does he know... What the uh, how does he know about the millennial queen anyway? So there's a lot of questions in the synopsis. Uh, mm -hmm. Not the worst synopsis in the world, I must say. Long-winded, but not the worst. Eh, I mean, uh, mm, just there's one key information missing, but that's fine. There's yeah. technically a lot of key information missing, but that's no, like for the synopsis. No, just I know, but even then, even then, there's some stuff that could be. But yeah, no, nah, it's it's all right as far as mal synopsis goes. Actually, this is an NEDB so, uh, source, so but that explains it. <laughs> yeah. As far yeah, as yeah. stolen mindfully synopsis goes, this is okay. Yeah, it, well, <laughs> it's it's a, it's an actual synopsis of kind of what the series is about rather than the first episode recapped. <laughs> right? Or even better, just a couple of things that you read and you're like, that didn't happen. Right, that yeah. That didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Hajime is our main character. He's he's a small child, and if you know anything about uh, Leji Matsumoto, the magaka of well, this entire universe, uh, he is a horrifying character design creature. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just you know, look it up. Uh, it is it is quite something. Uh, and our main uh, woman, uh, Yaoi, she is a beautiful blonde woman. Uh, very much in line with all of Leji Matsumoto's works. Uh, yep. Yeah, blonde woman, small, horrifying-looking child <laughs> that <laughs> follows along, and they have this kind of not mother-son relationship, but mother or young woman infatuated child relationship. I, I hope that makes sense. Hajime <laughs> is in love with Yayoi. No, there's first no doubt. Love, the first love, beautiful mm. school thing. Yep. Yeah. So she, 
yeah. So she, her parent, her uh, Yowie's parents run a yamen shop. Yamen shop. Ramen shop. Yamen shop. Yamen shop. Ramen shop. But she works at an observatory. Hajime's father also works at the observatory. He is an uh, an engineer that kind of, I guess, he develops telescopes and higher end technology to look into space. And keep in mind, this is 1981. So this was probably written in the the late 70s. And one key thing. I think from a science perspective to keep in mind <laughs> are the amount of plate tectonics and geology that is still being discovered for the first time during this era. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, a lot of wacky. Uh, now we know we, we, we now know our kind of inconsistencies uh, to the knowledge that was known back then. So that was just kind of something interesting from my perspective. And the fact that uh, the, how, how far astronomy had, come along and how much was still yet to be discovered because of the the technology gap uh, was also quite interesting so they had to take a lot of leaps and ba- leaps and and assumptions to what they could see and and what was going to be able to be seen in 1999 so from that perspective it was it was quite interesting to see kind of what they were able to know uh, or predict and what kind of wasn't able to be panned out but yes he yeah. is an engineer unfortunately at- the the huge spaceships were done it's still not done That's yeah huge huge in, uh, yeah. huge spaceships going into space uh pretty easily was was not developed by 1999 that was uh, that was way off i can't believe well, how as, many as people as, got as far as we know as far as as far as we know that's that's true yeah area 51 anyone what's going on yeah what, what what's the deal <laughs> what's the deal Anyways. so there is so while Hajime is he's obsessed with space and the stars uh, naturally because his dad you know he he works with the observatory his uncle works at the observatory you know that's the family that's the fan that runs in the family and he's his dad's promised him this new telescope that he can he can see the stars even better there's a lurky figure in the back that's kind of uh, following Hajime and looking over his house and Hajime sees him and his father has been asked in secret to develop this high-end telescope of some kind and it has an energy source and you get your you immediately get the feeling that you know there's a a hidden plot behind it which is very interesting and there's secret phone calls and you're like all right assassin plots maybe maybe they're trying and he's got these secret blueprints and this is a huge chunk of the 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 plot going forward for what would you say half the show half of the 42 episodes yeah more or less Hmm. and (laughs) he's just doing this in the basement of the house no big deal (laughs) which is really funny considering it blows up and takes his parents with him and if he was there at any point while he was working on it in the middle of the night he would have died as well that's kind of funny (laughs) you always take your work with you home yeah, everybody knows this. Yeah, and... especially the type that can explode and kill your family. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So he gets a mysterious phone call that he's that he's being watched, uh, and he gets another phone, or he calls the observatory to the person that asked him to to make this device. And I assumed it was a telescope of some kind. Uh, it turns out it was something even more important. It was uh, engine-related for spaceships. Mm-hmm. And there's a woman's voice on the end. You go, oh, interesting. So 
when you put the pieces together and kind of the mysterious woman that's showing up and she's kind of in the background, you you if you know anything about Leji Matsumoto's work, you go, okay, she she is the plot, basically. <laughs> she is <laughs> the big deal. And mm-hmm. yes, it turns out to exactly be that way. So the way the way the first half of the half of the story plays out with the uh the mystery behind Yaoi, uh the connection between her and Hajime growing, uh Hajime learning more and more. He is a child, so he does have these just wacky comedic uh character outbursts all the time. The the nineteen eighties esque-ness of the uh absurd um dialogue between adults and the child are very wacky how much hajime means to the street like he has the biggest plot armor you can imagine <laughs> oh, oh yeah that's but that's just lazy Matsumoto. though like he he loves throwing like he loves throwing people like seriously fucking yeah uh, like bad situations i mean for fuck's sake they later on in the show Hajime literally flies a helicopter because, you know, of course, that's just something elementary schoolers do. And fucking, yeah, no, the, he, he literally crashes it. I know, but he literally crashes it in, like, the worst fucking way. It's just like, oh, man, I hope he survived. And he just fucking emerges from the, uh, <laughs> from the wreck, like, oh, whew, that was bad. <laughs> the like, amount of what? helicopter crashes that the people just walk out of and then they're fine <laughs> is pretty <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> uh, the the most recurring absurdity in the show is the access to high-end flight vehicles <laughs> and crashing and people just walking out of is crazy. Just from Yamamori Yaoi's assistant uh queen millennials assistant we should say mm-hmm. or right hand man uh mm-hmm. he can just walk into a space base and just take a spaceship no big deal uh the <laughs> hajime just goes i got to go save somebody he just has access to a helicopter without anybody guarding it or whatever and he knows how to fly it they just let this 12 year old fly helicopters no problem <laughs> hey man you learned you learned early back in the eighties. Yeah. 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 He had he he was he was um he was a passenger on one uh flight with Yamamori early in the show, and that was enough where now he can now he can fly a helicopter. Well, to be fair, his first helicopter flight, he does crash pretty easily, but then after that yep. it's totally fine. It's kinda of weird because he like he has full control until he suddenly doesn't anymore. <laughs> yeah, he a can, couple of moments he can where take it's like, off no problem. <laughs> yeah, where it's like suddenly it's just like, oh shit, I don't really know what I'm doing. It's like, ah, oh, okay, yeah. And now that you thought about it, it became a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I good. thought it was a problem when like he cannot see forward. I know, right? <laughs> he, he's not tall uh, enough to well, he's not tall enough to operate the the, the pedals on the the helicopter, but <laughs> he like he cannot see in front of him. Like he only he can only see the panel, <laughs> and he can fly easily, go save people. It's like yeah, you know what? That's fair. That's I fair. feel like that sometimes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so my overall thoughts on the show, uh, barring just the absurd plot devices of Leji Matsumoto and the story in general, if I'm comparing this to a lot of Legimato's other works, 
it's definitely closer to the Captain Harlock than Galaxy Express 3.9. Uh-huh. Uh, with it being a lot of uh, lot, a lot is based on Earth. A lot is focused oh. around Earth, and I I really enjoyed how the story uh, progressed. It had a beginning, middle, and end to it, um, kind of twice mm-hmm. over. Uh, with the yep. halfway point uh, being a big reveal and developing the next stage of plot, but the overall one with this impending planet coming to Earth and its gravitational force is going to fuck Earth up. And they make that very clear. We have to figure out a way to, well, save Earth. Uh, What can we do to learn about this planet? And the event, I I mean, the end with the eventual kind of revelation of of another uh, major plot device coming in into, uh, well, a savior mode, essentially. I, I, I guess I could put it that way. This uh-huh. series, with the character developments, uh, the 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 overall plot, I thought progressed very, very in a very interesting way that I felt engaged and had no issue going episode to episode throughout it. And for a forty-two episode series in the early seventies, late eighties, early to early seventies to late late eh, mid eighties, I'll, I'll put it that there weren't a lot of shows like this. A lot of them were more episodic, like Galaxy Express uh-huh. three nine. A lot seemed to have kind of your monster of the week scenario. This one didn't really have that. Uh, it, it did have kind of down it periods. Had the Yamori, Yamori, of it had the Yamori. Yamamori, Yamamori was, or Yamori was uh, Yamamori. Yamori was uh, the nice the one factor that kind of was definitely overplayed uh, too much. Yeah. Uh, I I and wish there was the end, more. Just, uh, and I feel sorry for Yamori. Like he got. He got played dirty in that show. I mean, well, he, he kind of deserved it. Dirty. Yeah, he didn't deserve he's a bit of a, that. He's a bit of a dick. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yes, but like, I don't think he deserved it because, like, motherfucker wants to sacrifice humans just to fucking progress. Well, I mean, he was loyal to <laughs> Lamitel from start to finish. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. To Saint, yes. Saint Queen, to but like Saint at Queen. the end, when you have like the big thing and you have the review that the Saint Queen didn't want anything that to happen, it's just like she couldn't do anything. It's like, oh, I met Yamori, poor guy. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I think he kind of got what he deserved. Uh man. Now I I definitely I kind of agree with JD. I really do like this. I the only thing I kind of had a little bit of problem with is the ending, or rather the yes. fact that uh, as with everything, this was supposed to be longer. 10 episodes longer to be exact it was yeah, originally sure scheduled for 52 episodes but then uh, because it was never they thought it would be as popular as galaxy express and then it wasn't so then they were basically like eh, you know 42 instead of 52 so you kind of feel that at the end when it's just like okay we need to wrap up we need to wrap up now right now uh so yeah, that's that's that... a little bit of an unfortunate ending but either way that's like i had a, i had a good time with it i think the show was Honestly, I think the show was very ambitious for what it is. Oh, yeah. It definitely wanted to do a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. A lot of characters, a lot of little plot arcs. Everybody being connected little, to each other somehow. Yeah. Many, many uh, little, like a lot of little things that just to come up together to, to the conclusion and something like half of the people that are important to the plot just die in the same room it's like oh okay <laughs> yeah and i feel like right. someone cut the cut the life support in this. <laughs> definitely did 
Uh, yeah, because by the end you have like new factions forming, like mm -hmm. defining at least, uh, yep. getting defined who is who is siding with who, mm -hmm. especially on on la metal kind of side of things. Yep. But then it's just like, well, yeah, but like everyone died. Everyone died. Yeah, There's a it. dark comet now. <laughs> it's like, oh, I see. Interesting. Shit. The elite down. just dying. It was like, oh, uh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, but uh, I definitely, I do, I do appreciate that they tried. I do, uh, I do like how everybody kind of inter interconnects with each other and how, uh, in a way, it's like for a, for a while you get that sense of like everybody, everybody is just trying their best. La Metal doesn't care about Earth because, as far as they're concerned. The Earth is kind of just in the way, and whatever whatever's going to happen, the fucking natural disasters, and whatnot, that that is just part of nature. Can't avoid it. It's going to happen. We need to save our. We need to save ourselves. The Earth is kind of just like, well, we don't want to die. We need to <laughs> prevent that from happening. They need to die. And then there's yeah. Then there's the Queen Millennia, who is like, I wanted to at least try to save somebody, which is kind of which I understand, but it's kind of fucked up in the sense that you know. There are people of Earth. She is tasked with collecting people of Earth uh, to La Metal, but as you know, there they are just treated as slaves and uh, absolutely I mean, horrible that condition. That point didn't make a lot of sense. It, it makes sense, but it wasn't really different. Hmm. It's kind of just like, eh, they're, they're, they're being kept slaves. What do they do? They connect water pipes in very bad conditions, by the way. Right. No safety equipment. Uh, it's just like, yeah. Um, yeah, no, yeah. That, that's the point. It's like, well, we need new humans to work to us while we sleep. I was like, okay, very talented people, like scientists and stuff. I was like, okay, so like they, they probably have some technology that make people live long enough, but then they, they need to capture more every thousand years. Mm -hmm. And no, there's yeah. like native humans to Lamethal that lives in slums. They do not need new humans because the humans that they already had procre procreated over a thousand years and they have all the scientists, all the, those, tal those talented people, and they just connect pipes and shit. Mm. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's not, that's not right. It doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. But now nah, it's, and of course you have the, uh, you have the Millennium Thieves. Was a nice little kind of just in there being uh trying to interrupt everything kind of being like the anti uh lametal faction and it's uh yeah <laughs> i i i definitely enjoyed this show it's it's something i i don't know it was definitely one of those shows that i came across and i was like ah you know i like leiji matsumoto stuff i'm sure i'll have fun episodic you know some space adventure episodic stuff and then i got hit with this and i'm just like i was not ready here <laughs> I was not prepared for this. The dialogue yeah, in the fun. show it really made me laugh more than it should, because yeah. there was just I'll I point I'll point to two in particular that just really cracked me up, or three actually three three in particular that really cracked me up. One was at the beginning when Hajime's Hajime's uh, parents uh, blew up. Okay, mm -hmm. and it's like a day later or two days later, he's at school. He's kind of huddled in the corner and the two his two pals as the mal as the mal reviews or synopsis said his two pals uh they come up to him and they're like hey 
where's uh where's the ramen lady where's the hot blonde chick that works at the ramen shop but then they immediately pivot and go look hajime you got you're real selfish you're a real selfish asshole aren't you he kind of looks at him <laughs> you go look just because your parents died <laughs> doesn't mean you need to be around here all mopey you're really bringing everyone down <laughs> it's like what the I fuck know, right? <laughs> dude uh that is such a that's such a fucking that, that is such a nice thing of the time though it's like i love shit like that you have a lot of older series that does shit like that where it's just like you know oh yeah sure your parents might have died your house might have burned out you might not have anywhere to live hell you may have cancer and probably only had like three months left to live but do you really need to ruin the mood for everyone else <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're such a bummer like come on cheer up put a smile get a smile what are you doing <laughs> that get was it together man <laughs> yeah that was really funny and those those two characters the only thing they care about throughout the entire series is wanting to see Yaoi, hot blonde ramen chick, the entire time. And they use Hajime and they and they beat him up sometimes too and and mm -hmm. force him uh throughout the show basically. And then uh there is a moment where Hajime saves his sister from his house burning that she was going to die. And yep. uh that 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 was, you know, call it a hunch. Uh but uh, I think that turned it around for uh the good old Hajime and the bullies there. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, oh, you're gonna be my sister's that. husband. Oh, <laughs> well, all right. Uh, yeah, yeah nah. there's a lot of funny fights as well. I just like the fact that, like, <laughs> want to talk about unrealistic shit. A fucking grown man tries to fight fight a, <laughs> a child. Tries to fucking fight a child. And they're actually having a tough time, That's a great. tough battle. Both get thrown no. into the fucking into the lake, and just like, come on, it's fucking great. Yeah, a trained a trained soldier tries to yeah. fight a child and loses. It's so like, the explanation. Poor Yamori. Yamori just, oh man, poor yeah. guy. Like, uh, it, it no, that wasn't Yamori. That Hajime was the. Um... That wasn't Yamori. No, but Yamori, Yamori also lost to. Yeah, he also, he also oh, yeah. Fight, but I'm talking about the. Uh, yeah. I'm talking about the uh, Millennium Thieves guy. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, it's like, man, I wish they just. I wish just they just killed Yamori. <laughs> they had like five or six chances to kill the guy. And it's like, nah, I cannot do that. And Yamori's like, I survived. I'm going to steal a helicopter now. <laughs> Every single fucking time. Everyone like, escapes <laughs> clutches clutches of prison just way too easily. So my other two lines yeah. that I Help, really love. I'm dying. Oh, I'm dying. Open door. Beats up one guy. Get, gets gun. Okay. Now you go inside. That was easy. <laughs> yeah. That happened like what, three, four times as well during the yep. show. So the other the other two the other two uh, line sequences that I I loved in the dialogue that cracked me up. The second one was. Hajime is talking to his uncle. His uncle's looking at Lametel inching closer. Natural disasters are starting to destroy Earth. 7.2 plus earthquakes, tsunamis. Uh uh the the Phoenix, the Phoenix plan uh, where they <laughs> their bright idea was to throw like ballistic missiles at a planet to <laughs> to interrupt its orbit. <laughs> uh uh they're looking at it and Hajime's staring. His uncle just looks at him. Aren't you supposed to be going to school right now? Oh, you know, Uncle. I I think with everything going around, uh, going on right now, uh, this is more important. Hajime, what the fuck are you talking about? 
there is no more important time now to prove that how important school is. Go to school. And he's like, ah, shit, okay. <laughs> he's he's just on a train. Ignorance is bliss, I guess. <laughs> hey, man. You know, school is important. School you is more go. important than Earth. Well, I mean, to be to be fair, it's like, what, what the fuck what is Hajime going to do anyway? Yeah. He's just right. kind of there. He's like, do you realize at that time, the news was saying there's a huge rock in space shooting lasers and spaceships towards us. But no, there's no official information from the observatory still. <laughs> right. Yeah. So just, yeah. just you know, go to school. Don't worry about all the natural disasters happening and fires and pandemonium. But anyways, uh, and then my my last one was uh, the the role Leggy the cat. So great name. Lo- love the love the fourth wall there. <laughs> the cat's name was Leggy. Hajim is walking down the street. The cat just goes meow meow. He scratches at his leg a couple times, and a full on nineteen like sixties lassie moment. The old couple in the ramen shop <laughs> is in trouble. Yeah. Let's go, boy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No. You know, just man. It's easy to understand animals. It happens multiple times. Just yep. people just nonchalant, nonchalantly speak cat. <laughs> And this in in this universe, everybody understands animals. I mean, oh, Leiji can fucking glow and become a ball of energy, so might as well he uses telepathy. But that only mm. happened the one time. That's well, still I mean, one more the, time than normal one, cats do it. Well, I it mean, was, yeah, it was the one time sure that he actually needed like to use the fucking telepathy. <laughs> uh, listen, man, Leiji oh, Matsumoto is not a man who just pulls random. St- shit out of his ass whenever he needs it. No. <laughs> uh, I love I love whenever special abilities just come up out of nowhere. It's totally fine. <laughs> Same thing with it's Queen like, Millennia though. Oh no, yeah. Oh no, they're fucking and suddenly fucking Yaoi starts to glow and do yep. stuff it's like oh mm? I love it's like the best thing they've ever what? got is like she has some special abilities. Like cool, what's her special ability? Her special ability is literally to prevent this one disaster from happening that is very convenient but all right and this so crown gives you explode. godlike abilities why weren't you using that the whole time <laughs> i know right Nah, but to be fair though i i do make fun of that scene a lot a lot like what is it episode 38 or whatever i do make fun of that scene a lot but god damn it i love the i love that scene that entire scene just like from a uh from like a visual perspective, like a set piece perspective, with everything, the fucking towering waves just picking up, uh, picking up the fucking huge ships coming in, just fucking taller than the skyscrapers, and then just that fucking <laughs> that little woman just standing there, fucking repelling the waves. I do like, I do like the way that that entire scene plays out, minus the, uh... <laughs> you know, for 1981, <laughs> much of the show was. Whether it was the backgrounds, the moving pieces, the presentation to it all. Remember how much we praised the early stages of Yamato in the mid-70s? Yeah. yeah. This was a lot like that throughout the entire time. I really enjoyed mis- it. If I'm not mistaken, it's a lot of the same people that worked on uh, uh, Yamato worked on this one as well. At least some of them. Yeah. I know the director did. The director uh... is Nobutaka Nishizawa, so he's... You know, he's done, he did Galaxy Express 3.9, he was chief director, so yeah, he, no, he, he, you know, he had a lot of Galaxy experience Express. with that. Uh, did he do anything with Yamato? I don't no, think so. No, he didn't, so. he didn't. I was wrong about that. 
He oh. well, he, he is uh, the big director of Slam Dunk, so yes, he, he's got that for the '90s, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The art director worked on uh, on Yamato, though he started at Yamato Two. That's still pretty damn good. Yeah, it is. But one of the art directors, the other one had nothing to do. But yeah, no, okay. Yeah, yeah so it was Yamato Two. They they got involved with, but still. Point. Point still stands. I think, as far as, like, um, Queen Melania goes, and as far as, like, Leiji designs, uh, I do actually like the Mal Queen Melania designs a lot more, because, like, in the in Galaxy Express, everybody's so scrawny and tiny and fucking, like, sharp uh, chins and whatnot. I do like that. At least here, they decided to uh, go for a little smoother finish on at least the women. Uh, like Yayoi, she is a little bit rounder in her face and whatnot, a little bit, not quite as sickly thin, still quite thin, but not as bad as, <laughs> you know, metal from yes, Galaxy yeah. Express. <laughs> yeah. That was a nice touch. It, make, it looks a little bit more, a little bit more human. I, w the one thing I wish they went in more detail on, because one of, one of the cruxes to the story uh, that we, that we find out is... Uh, the whole purpose of Queen Millennia on Earth, uh, Yaoi's job is to recruit uh, slash kidnap um, the smartest people on Earth, uh, and and um, funnel them all in, uh, and take them back to La Metal to basically be slaves to take care of the Metallians, as I'll as I'll call them, as they go into cryo sleep. Uh, for much of the lifespan of the planet due to the planet's orbit and having to live underground. So I found that I found that interesting uh, from that from that plot perspective that there is there is an entire uh, purpose to all this. And um, where was I going with that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can pick it up and say again, like I just said before, it doesn't make sense. There's no need to do that. You already have a bunch of humans as slaves in your home planet. It doesn't right. make and sense. Right, and, they, and the... it showed they repopulate, so that's not necessary at all. <laughs> no, especially, like, why the, the smartest people? Because, like, the cryogenic stuff, when we see them, it's just Lametto people operating it. Might might be the case that they are awake, so they are the ones operating. What, this time uh, they're awake? Well, like, why not make... Also, another thing, like, why not make Automa automatic stuff. Listen, you know, man, this is the stuff. 80s, dude. Come on, you can't do that. Oh, uh, this is where I was <laughs> going. So there, I, I wish they, I did wish they went into a little bit more explanation about the battalions themselves. They mentioned that mm -hmm. people are cloned. Yeah. So why not just clone, like, kind of what Hickey said? Why don't, why not just ha have cloned people take care of the cryo sleep people? <laughs> That's the case. Good question. Yeah, I think uh, I think this is one of those uh, those things from the manga that just never made it over to the to the anime, sadly, uh, because I know there is a um, well, from what I've heard, anyways, there is some sort of supposed to be a connection between the Lamatalians and, of course, the uh, uh, the cyborg people that uh, of uh, Galaxy Express Thirty Nine. Oh. Uh, but I'm not entirely sure. I haven't read the manga, so I'm not entirely sure what what that is or whether or not that is even correct to begin with uh but i do i do know those two are they are connected uh yeah they are connected we can talk about that a little bit later 
Ah, just talk about it now then. Okay. Uh, so I mean, I've already I've already uh, mentioned it, but um, the uh, in as far as uh, Yaoi and uh, you know Queen Melania is concerned, Queen Melania is the one who will eventually uh, succeed and become uh, Queen Prometheum the Second. Who, if you watched Galaxy Express three nine, is the quote unquote big bad in that series, which I think is uh, is kind of interesting. So she is the one who is responsible for the whole uh, mechanized uh, people thing. Okay. Mm. <laughs> which is no, so that's that's where that that's where that like connection goes. That's the uh, that's what I mean, right? That's why uh, that is connected to uh, to the Lamatalians. Uh, in the in the sense that they are, they are clones, they are clones, and they are the ones who event should eventually become, uh, at least the foundation for what makes the cyborg people. But oh, whether or not, so what? Okay, whether or not so... that is directly, or whether that that is something else, I can't say for certain because I haven't again, I haven't read the manga. Oh. I can't say if there is something that happens later. So but maybe that... okay. So skip to skip to the end here, where um, there there it's revealed that. A part of the orbit of La Metal is in conjunction with this massive comet, and they call it the Dark mm -hmm. Comet, and it kind of functions as this black hole of sorts that has this massive gravitational pull, and that's that that's basically what's causing this huge elliptical orbit of of the planet to Earth. So, what you're saying is possibly that because Yowie destroyed the comet that the planetary orbit is now uh, this new one and now that they can and, and because the comet is no longer affecting Lamatel's uh, well um, I guess gravitational forces the same way they can now live above uh, the, the, uh, the they can live on the surface that that planet becomes Andromeda hmm and those people become the new Andromedans, yeah. and the descendants of Yowie and or uh, of um, mm. the Queen uh, becomes the new big bad of Galaxy Express. Something along those lines, yes. That's kind of cool. I like I'd that. Have, I'd have to read the manga to to verify that whether or not that is the actual. It could also just be a case of <laughs> and then they changed. <laughs> no, it's not coincidence. Mm -hmm. We do know that uh, that they are connected. We do know that uh, again. Uh, that uh, Yaiwi is, is uh, yeah, uh, Queen Prometheum the second, the Andromeda Prometheum the second. Yeah, because if there's a if the, if they cloned a bunch of them, then which they absolutely did. <laughs> there's at least mm -hmm. there's at least a few because uh, they they do have a really cool battle on Venus of a clone mm. to replace Yaoi. That was really yep. cool. So yeah, there there is a premise there to be explored of all these sides. That's what's really cool about the Leggy universe is everything is connected in some way or another uh, uh, that you can put the pieces, the puzzle pieces together. That's yeah, I, I love I love shit like that. It's great. Although a lot of them is literally just ah, they're in the same universe. Do they connect? <laughs> do do they uh, do they directly co connect to each other? Not really. They're just in the same universe. Yeah, but you can uh, you can kind of make your own. Assumptions you can. about it all. You can. The universe is a vast place, right? Yeah. Uh, no, nah, but uh, there is... Space uh, is big. It is one of the things, like, I do kind of wish that... Uh, <laughs> I do kind of wish that there was, like, a better a better writer involved. 
Sorry. I do like Leji Matsumoto, but he isn't always the strongest writer. No. Um, <laughs> I don't think and, anyone's uh, ever claimed he, uh, it. <laughs> but it, it is for part of me where I just, I'd almost like to see like a, just a, a giant compendium of the, uh, of the like Leji verse. Just everything and how it connects. Well, okay. Uh, you want to connect kind of Yamato in the, in the two, in, in, what was it? 20, 2044 or something? Isn't that what it is? Uh, 2199. So 100. 2199, yeah. yeah like 100, 100, year, 100 plus years later that mm-hmm. maybe Earth is being destroyed again. <laughs> again. Yeah, because a lot of those ship cool. designs sure look like Yamato, did they? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, but there is, I do definitely think there's a nice little explanation there and just, you know. Give it to somebody capable of actually tying everything together neatly. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you, all of us could kind of loosely put it all together and just, yeah, it's, isn't that cool that it all works that way <laughs> in our own headcanon? <laughs> it's really neat. Yep. Yeah, the Dark Comet, it, it kind of, the Dark Comet plot in the last few episodes, yeah, it's, it's a bummer that it's, it's the same with Yamato where it was cut short, so they just had to get home right away. Same thing with the Dark Comet reveal. It's a, it's a really cool scientific explanation and and solution to the bigger problem. Uh, a lot of easy plot elements to kind of throw it all together where Yaoi and her magic super telekinetic powers can just blow up a comet. Yeah, whatever. It's it's fun. <laughs> it's fun anyways. Yeah, it's it's tragic as well. Yeah. You know, the character that you've known from episode one to just go into space and blow herself up to save everyone. Well, the concept of self-sacrifice is really cool. I would have... It definitely makes you want to kind of know where Hajime kind of takes his life after it and what happens. But you can kind of... I don't know. My own, my own theory is... uh Maybe Saren might, kind of goes back and they develop a relationship through their connection with Yaoi. Maybe. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't too thrilled with the whole uh, top queen of La Maytel. Just, oh, the surface is there. The comet's destroyed. Your god deity that you've grown up. Oh, it's destroyed? Oh, everyone will live now. Oh, no problem. <laughs> just total character shift in a second. Uh, maybe her brain broke. You can just no, kind of, no. That's that's the point. Like I said before, she couldn't do anything before, so kind of she she set herself up to be the big bad guy and push everything to the place they end up with. Yeah. So. So like she was she, the outcome of the the comet being destroyed was what she wanted, oh, but she couldn't okay. do it because she was the Saint Queen. She cannot destroy the thing. She needs a traitor to destroy the thing so everyone can be happy and free. That's I why, see. like, when, when Yaoi goes in and she destroys, and you know, you see the actual Ascent Queen, what she thought about that, which is, I'm so sorry I couldn't be a bother to you. I really wanted you. Now everyone will be free, essentially. But that's what I, I she see. wanted from the beginning. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes more sense. The. Yeah, the the I I thought one of the show's strongest points was its sense of knowing how to do a cliffhanger and get to another area to give you a sense of drama. And mm. one one section in particular I point to as an example is when uh 
uh, Yamori and Hajime crash the plane and the Millennium Thieves are searching for them. So they go on foot and they end up in this graveyard, uh, the, the sacred ancestral grounds of, of Queen Millennia or the Saint Queen or whatever it is. And uh, no one's ever left this area or this region alive. And you're introduced to Mirai, this fully like energy woman that <laughs> that will kill you on the spot. But then kind of she has her own character and now it's not a big deal if people keep walking into the graveyard all the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's that was cool. Cause I was like, Oh man, what's going to be there. And then you have this, this, uh, this guardian and I got to fight against her. And then it, it, it provides kind of another clue to who queen millennia is. You know it, but the characters in the show don't, I always like plot elements like that when I'm reading a story in a book or when I'm watching something where you, the viewer, know more than the characters, so you're on the journey of their discovery rather than your own. I like those. I like those elements. So there's a, there was a good sense of drama throughout the show. I felt. Tori. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. I'm just reading some stuff here. What are you background. reading? <laughs> uh, no, I was reading up on the on the whole connection. Uh, to uh, uh, to Galaxy Express. And uh, there seems to be a little bit of, again, Leiji Matsumoto stuff. There seems to be a little bit of confusion. Yeah, you don't say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in regards to that, because there, there is some promotional material that specifies one thing. And then there's a little bit of confusion there as to whether or not it's the same or it's different. Because Yaoi reappears. And then you can say that, yeah, sure, it's the whole cloning thing, which is absolutely possible. But I don't think that's ever specified. Um, and yeah, so it's, uh, uh, it's uncertain. It's entirely, it's kind of uncertain whether or not that is, they are directly connected, whether or not it's one of those things where it's, <laughs> it was rewritten later or whether or not it's supposed to be connected or that she is in fact, uh, Andromeda in Prometheum the second. Yeah. Okay. But according to uh, according to the promotional materials she is i don't know if it's the same yaoi basically basically and it could be either or again with the with leiji matsumoto everything is possible i'm sure he thought this out probably maybe <laughs> yeah he uh, sure he sure right. like he sure likes the same kind of tragic plot element at the end of his his, uh, his series that's oh. for sure what did you guys think of the reveal of the Millennium Thieve leader? Did you guys... My my thought was it was going to be, like, her lost lover from, okay. you know, yeah. her childhood or something, her first love kind of situation. But mm -hmm. as, as we found find out, she... I thought it was pretty ingenious where she had a voice modulator and the entire costume hit her hair and it turns out to be her lost, well, sister. Older sister, which was kind of cool. I I thought it was I thought it was a good little swerve and a good way to kind of bring the two sides together more, uh, even though they knew they were enemies. Kind of situation. I thought that was a really really good build and swerve to the reveal. What did you guys think? It's nice for Celine's uh, uh, reasoning for opposing Lamital, but I do think it's kind of funny that she is so adamant on keeping her identity hidden. <laughs> just because it's like I, I understand that like you don't want to accidentally reveal reveal who you are to uh Lamatalians, 
that that makes total sense to me but it's like what why are you afraid of like why are you afraid of fucking like uh hajime finding out who you are it's not like he would know no either way you kind of be like hey you look like somebody i know well he has a big you fucking related? mouth so <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Yeah, All right, I'll that. tell everybody. <laughs> but even that, I mean, he, she didn't need to tell tell her that they were related. But you know, sure. It's like it's kind of it's just kind of funny to me. It's one of those like yeah, it's one of those little things where it's like I need to keep my identity hidden. Literally, no one except for people at Lamital knows who you are. <laughs> I don't think you have to worry that yeah. much. I, it was funny that even though after the review, it took a good five episodes until we were certain that the Queen Millennium and the Millennium Thieves were allies. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's like five or six episodes which is like, can, can, are you guys allies? I don't know. Are, are we allies? Well, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it, was inter it was an interesting uh, kind of review. Because especially like, you don't know if the, mil the Millennium Thieves are telling the truth because they're the bad guys. Instead of like you see the the beautiful woman, the lady woman, I was like, oh yeah, she's one hundred percent telling the truth. <laughs> Done. This was an overall very strong show uh, from beginning to end. I loved every uh, step and how it progressed the plot. I, you know, there's some very wacky, you know, nineteen eighties anime tropes that they do where. Uh, there's constant breakouts, back and forths, and running away, and uh, it goes at a fast pace at times throughout the, throughout that. But how the story progressed, how the characters progressed, uh, how it got to each plot element, this is definitely one of the stronger shows in the, especially in the early '80s and late '70s time period that this came out in. Uh, mm. I would definitely give it a recommend, uh, a big uh, recommendation. I guess mm. late. I, I wouldn't put it that a good early 80s show but i'll put it as a a good late 70s manga yeah i definitely put it also like because this is this is probably one of the weirdest uh taketori monogatari adaptations out there uh uh taketori monogatari is the kaguya hime story so like Loosely based, just like Gokutsu is loosely based on uh, Monte Cristo. Monte Cristo, this is extremely loosely based on Kaguya Hime. Mm. So, yeah, but I don't know. Like, the, uh, the show stalled a little bit in the after episode 30. That's my opinion. I, I already voiced it on our chat. Uh, the, the beginning of like the Yamuri quest. Basically, he Where was definitely Yamori, the more annoying part. Yamori of the show, does, yeah. I mean, I don't think he should be annoying. Uh, which that I I'm really glad the show got good short then, because if they, if they spend so much time with Yamori going around just almost dying, stealing a helicopter, going to do something bad, almost dying, someone has finally the chance of either putting him in jail forever or killing him. They don't do that. He escapes, he survives, he steals an helicopter, and the cycle repeats. It's really annoying. Really, really annoying. Didn't Yaoi kill somebody without issue early in the show? Yes. She so, killed the general. Yeah. Why? Yeah, she killed him no problem. So what? 
stop? I don't understand what possessed her to. I think because not she kill never, him. she she wasn't in any position to kill Yamori. Yes. Well, aside like two, no, no, two times she said to arrest him instead of killing him. Well, she just there shot were two him. times. Yeah, she just killed him. I mean, he was her. He was her second. So it could be some something there that because of that he she didn't didn't necessarily want her. She didn't see him as that that bad. But again, he kind of, he kind of becomes more and more corrupted. Like his, his um, allegiance to Lamital is obviously very strong, but it, he kind of fuses that with uh, with like the uh, uh, kind of like personal glory. So it kind of just becomes more and more, and then it's like he's never been a fan of humans, which is fine. But then it's like you know the whole like I don't care, kill them all. I'll I'll kill them all myself. <laughs> I, he he is not even particularly fond of the whole like uh, fucking getting you uh, fucking uh, like transporting the smartest humans to Lamatal. He's like, why? Just kill them all. <laughs> They're in the way. Oh, you know what was an element of the story that was dropped completely that I was really kind of peeved at. So. A big chunk of the beginning of the story was uh, focused around these meteorites uh, that mm. come from, I, I I believe it was established as Lamatel, or at least asteroids that were, uh, basically these asteroids fall to Earth and they 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 house this uh, a tremendous amount of energy and they use mm. these meteorites to power their massive spaceships. That's what the blueprint is all about is is uh, this this engineering technology to be able to. Uh, how's yeah, the an engine at well a reactor of some sort yeah yeah reactor of some sort yes yeah and they get them so yaoi takes the meteorites and and she wants to do her own research you know uh, for for her her space spaceship purposes like okay that makes sense and then yamori uh, steals it and they finally get their hands on the blueprints and then it's just totally dropped and we never come back to that cuz that was such a problem mm. In the beginning of the show is how to actually be able to house this energy, and you can assume. I think the show just wants you to assume that oh, they got the blueprints, no problem. But the whole beginning of the show was about Hajime's father being tasked with designing this with the blueprints, and he wasn't yep. able to do it. And then when they, when Yaoi and her engineers are testing out the meteorite, they fucking can't do it and it causes this massive explosion and reveals where their base their underground base is and as soon as they get the blueprints it's never talked about again and oh, that yeah. really peeved me because that was such a focal point of half the show basically yep that really brought yeah. down a lot for me at least mm. a point so like they they actually did the the reactor that is the funny part is like so like you didn't need to commission someone to do that to begin with i guess uh the the huge spaceship she uses to blow up the thing i i'm pretty sure she just blows up the reactor with the meteorites inside of it yeah but that's Instead still a major element that you the blowing. viewer are tasked with just figuring out on your own because well, it's yeah, so it's and... dropped altogether mm. like yeah, if you no. didn't put that together you think that you would think that yaoi with her her magic telekinesis powers uh, she was the one that blew it up. <laughs> mm. Yeah, now nah, there are there are certain things that just kind of 
Yeah, but like you know, at <laughs> the ending, I I can forgive because it was cut short. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you have you have elements, enough elements to understand the meteorites and the energies or inside of the spaceship they would well, use yeah, to save humans. Yeah, that's because we're smart and... anime Joshi brain guys. <laughs> ah, totally. Yes, big brains. Yes. Okay. Our collective one brain cell working very hard. <laughs> anime right. hive mind smartness. Nah. <laughs> In a perfect world, there would have been there would have been a lot more. It has. Quinn Millennia definitely has a lot of glaring issues. But god damn it, I can I can forgive it because it's just such a good time. Well, Ugh. Tori, what would you score it? I scored this bad boy a seven out of ten. Ooh. I like it. I really do. As what a did you fact, dock like points it. off of then to make uh, it a seven? Now I fucking Well, again, it comes from a lot of the a lot of the stuff that we've talked about. There are certain stuff that never gets fully realized. I dock it for yeah. that ending, for the fact that, you know, it kind of rushes at the end and just for the fact that, like, while I enjoyed it, it was never... I never thought it was good enough to reach kind of that, like, high 8, 9 hmm. uh, okay. points. So it was like, for a long time, I was stuck in, like, the 6 area. Oh. Uh, but I ended up kind of changing, convincing myself that it was closer to a 7. The reason for that is just because I gave uh, Galaxy Express a 7. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I actually enjoy Queen Millennium more than Galaxy Express. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I can't, I can't say that I enjoy the show more than the thing it kind of took over for, even though it's technically a prequel. Uh, well, not technically, it is a prequel. Um, and then just, and then score it lower. That wouldn't make sense. And it's like, I don't think that, uh, I'm not going to go back and score Galaxy Express lower because I do like Galaxy Express. So that ended, I ended up just settling for a seven. <laughs> That's interesting because I was thinking something uh, quite similar with how does it compare to the other Leggy shows, how much, especially Galaxy Express three nine. Yeah, and I was of the same mind. I was also comparing it to other shows of the time period that I have mm -hmm. seen before, like Dunbine and and, uh, <laughs> and Day no. On, and I was like, man, yeah. this show is leagues I, above I, those. I, I guess it's a little bit better than I do on as well. I don't yeah. thought that. So when I was when I was comparing to what it's based off of, how it was able to accomplish what it set out to do, other shows of the era, like I was like, okay, what what truly bothered me? The ending was cut short, so that's minus one, and then the dropped plot elements and the and the repetition to certain characters, Yamamori naming Yamamori uh, one of them. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. I I yeah, I, I'm very high on the show. It's it's definitely a recommendation. Uh, from me, if you're into sci-fi space shows, it's mm -hmm. definitely one of the better written shows of the era. Uh, <laughs> leagues above, at least from what we've seen. And now that it's fully translated and people can have access to it, I think it's one worth seeking out and giving a chance. Do do Now, of course, there is the uh, entry point of Leji Matsumoto's horrifying character designs for many characters. Like, that is the big turnoff for a lot uh, of people. Leji Matsumoto weird thing that the thing that he does good is the thing that he does bad. So the show is well written and bad written at the same time. Yep. <laughs> so like, yeah. you, so, you, need to, you need to deal with it. So you need to choose a side. Either the, the, the glass is half full or half empty. Right. And I'm going to be case, on like, I'm going to be say, on I, the positive side of that. Eight. Yeah. I gave it a six. For me, it's just half empty. Okay. So uh, the show stalls. Yeah, the show stalls a lot in the middle. Uh, 
there's a lot of repetition there's a lot of reviews they're not actually reviews uh yaoi is like half of the characters that get revealed in the series it's <laughs> <laughs> like look it's the mysterious character it is yaoi oh look <laughs> it's another mysterious character it is actually yaoi oh it's a clone it's a yaoi clone <laughs> oh look it's it's selling which is just a brunette version of yaoi uh again that's leiji matsumoto he writes good stories but they are also bad written at the same time uh you have the yamori things you have all like all those dumb reviews that doesn't reveal anything uh a lot of the comedical elements that leiji likes didn't work that quite well here uh probably because you don't have a diversity of characters to make up to the to the comedic sense he likes there was no pervy uh, that, robot in the show so that's a bonus true correct or yeah we <laughs> well that might be well, may, maybe there is one in the manga we don't know oh man <laughs> maybe it just wasn't fucking brought up so yeah because uh, of that yeah a six i think a six is good it's still a good show so six, seven, eight. We're kind of all in the ballpark of each other. Not bad. Basically, yeah. Not bad like at all. again, I also just give it, uh, give it points for at least, at least wanting to fucking try, uh, try to be a little bit like the thing that I, the thing that kind of hit against uh, Queen Millennia as well was that it literally, like, it, it literally just came out right after Galaxy Express. Like, it just kept going yeah. after Galaxy Express uh, ended, and I know I think a lot of people were a little bit disappointed in the fact that it wasn't more galaxy express but i do i do kind of give them give them props for at least trying to do something different not just being like ah sure galaxy express season two <laughs> you can make a whole podcast of just brains. galaxy express 39 i believe you could do that 113 episodes or whatever I, just yeah. each episode what was the uh, what was the um larger narrative <laughs> Also, you know, just trying to do a rather <laughs> going from a episodic show to like, ah, we're gonna do like a fucking, uh, we're gonna do a story now. This isn't just episodic. It's like, ooh, damn. Yeah, <laughs> now you have I to watch week very to week. short. <laughs> I can be very short. Angry midget tries to kill robots. Well, Angry midget tries to kill robots. Well, guys, I think that does it for us today for this episode. Nice little reminder. Hit us all up on Twitter. Go to Tori's YouTube page, Anime Top Scholar. He does some great work over there. Love his I Yamato stuff. stuff. Videos. Yes, he does a lot of videos. And our next yeah, episode will be over Inuyasha, episodes 1 through 27. So get a hold Ooh. of that. Watch it away. It's on a number of streaming sites. We'll see you next time. Peace. Goodbye.